faces a choice. This is Battleground America. Here's Tara Servatius. Well, that was an insane week. Let's count it down. Diving right in with number five, gas prices. Bank of America's got some bad news for you. They're forecasting gas prices are going to go up significantly. (laughs) You mean like over what they are now? Uh Uh-huh. How significantly? Their word, not mine. Significantly. Very significantly. Right now, gas clocks in at $3.41 on average per gallon across the country. But then remember what Barack Obama once told Politico. Never underestimate Joe's ability to F things up. What's it going to be by June? According to Bank of America, 45% higher or about five dollars per gallon on average june of what year you ask 2022 basically seven to eight months from now that's insane but not as insane as this we just watched gdp growth that's like the growth in the economy right go from 6.7 percent in spring to just two percent now that is a staggering loss of almost five percentage points of growth in less than six months. It is truly amazing. But that drop may not be over. The Atlanta Fed GDP Now measure, which accurately predicted the 2% growth for the quarter, has last week moved that growth needle again to 0.2%. Not 2%. 0.2%. Which actually, if you think about it, kind of makes sense. If growth is dropping that quickly and that precipitously, that's about where we'd be by right now. At that rate, if it were to continue, we'll be in a recession by hmm, Christmas. Just in time for the first week of January, when all the firings begin. Thanks to the vaccine mandate. We'll get to that in a minute. First, we have to do insane thing number four this week in cancellation. The New York Times just proposed, and they are not joking, canceling rock and roll, as in pretty much all of it, wiping it out. What kind of crimes must one commit to be canceled along with all of one's body of work? Well, there's the obvious one, brown sugar, rolling stones. But then they continue. There are other atrocities against mankind for which you should be canceled also. The New York Times argues, well, like what? Well, they want to cancel Clapton. All of his work? Uh Uh-huh. All of it. Why? His anti-vaccination activism. Not to be outdone by the New York Times, the Washington Post proposed this week to Facebook that they cancel basically all the major conservative media, from the Federalist to Breitbart. Why, you ask? Climate change denial and misinformation. Says who again? The Washington Post. Yeah, those people who assured you that Hunter Biden's laptop was Russian disinformation and that the Russia collusion story was real. (laughs) Actually, the opposite was true. Then again, they told you a Capitol Police officer was beaten to death by Trump supporters bearing fire extinguishers. That was totally made up, too. But now they're playing all offended by misinformation and want to use it to shut down Pretty much all their competitors. That worked out great for them financially. Also pretty good, too, because no one would ever be able to question their false narratives in the future. 
Which brings us to insane thing number three, the election results this week. I pretty well covered those. But the insane thing here is the Democrats reaction to them doubled down. For instance, even their own media operatives like the pollsters at Harvard Harris, a liberal polling firm, are warning people are figuring it out. Like that spending you keep saying that you have to do so people will like you again. Yeah, 58 percent oppose it, according to Harvard Harris. And 56 percent say they've actually figured out that it's causing that inflation they're seeing at the grocery store. What was the Democrats reaction to the rejection of their party at the polls on Tuesday? Double down. Go right back to trying to get the votes to pass it in that bill. Some things guaranteed to make Republicans and Democrats and regular people hate them so much they might be moved to uprising. What's in that bill? Among other things, the New York Post reports this week a horrific proposal that would raise the average cost of daycare for middle class families and above by $13,000 a year. You're going, wait, that's pretty much what I already pay a year for child care. No, this is on top of that. This would be about $26,000 a year. It was so upsetting. And by the way, you can read the editorial on it in the New York Post that even progressive groups were begging them to take it out. They don't understand what it's in there for to destroy the middle class. What causes this? Well, daycare would basically operate now like Obamacare. If you're in the lowest 20 percent, you pay nothing or next to nothing and it's free. If you're middle class or above, starting right at the income level, people start to vote Republican, but still struggle. Guess what? You have to pay for your own kids and somebody else's too. About one extra kid or a half a kid, depending on how many you send. That's because it would mandate that the average daycare worker be paid $60,000. Not the daycare worker's family. No, no. The daycare worker. That's what would raise the cost. Oh, and the families who will be paying an average of $13,000 extra a year. Do you know what they make a year combined as a family? $67,000 on average. That's right. Your average daily daycare worker would be richer than you. That is, if you're still working because at those prices, no one would, which I think is kind of the point. That leads us to insane thing number two. Biden's vaccine mandate. Yep, fired right after Christmas by a party that clearly doesn't care if it ever wins. Well, legally at the polls again. Probably the most absurd thing about this this week and that I saw was a small thing. It was a report by CBS that Biden and OSHA are very generously giving workers paid time off to get the vaccine, but also, wait for it, paid time off? To recover, quote, from any side effects, unquote. Wait, I thought there were no side effects. I mean, yeah, there's 16,000 dead people in VARES and over 800 reports of side effects. And VARES usually only captures, it's on the CDC website, VARES usually only captures about 10% of the side effects. But I mean, I thought, officially speaking, there were no side effects. It was totally safe. So why do people need paid time off? At your employer's expense to recover from side effects. Naturally, CBS didn't ask that question. Nope, they just reported it. Anyway, Biden's vaccine mandate was finally published by OSHA. 
and it is a full horror, complete with surprise federal inspections. But listen to who they say they're going to target for their $13,000 per piece fines and their $136,000 fines for repeat or willful violation. They're going to target businesses whose employees call the government, complain, or turn them in. So you know that, Karen, where you work, you know the one. Yep, the zealot. The one who barks at you in the bathroom if your mask slips below your nose. That one? They're about to become the petty dictators of the workplace. The Biden regime is setting it up that way to make sure that the employees can now patrol their bosses. It's going to be a nightmare, and they're only getting started. You're probably thinking, well, I work for a small business, though. I'm good. No, you're not. Nobody's going to escape the dragnet, because yesterday, the Biden administration announced they'll probably expand this to companies under 100 employees, too. They'll eventually ensnare everyone. This week was sort of a bizarre time to announce the vaccine mandate since The Lancet, the world's foremost medical journal, just published a study saying that the vaccines don't prevent the spread. Not by vaccinated people, not by unvaccinated people. They spread at close to the same rate in a year-long study in people's houses. Well, when you consider most people spend more waking hours at work if they work than at home during the week, same thing. Yep, and they have almost identical viral loads. So wait, you're telling me that vaccination won't stop the spread in the workplace? Nope. So that's not really why they're doing this, is it? If you've listened to this podcast long enough, you already know the answer. It's to get to the papers. Yep, as they've always called them in other authoritarian regimes, papers and government checkpoints. You have to check in with the government everywhere you go, for everything you do, and get their permission. If you're not in good standing with the party, and it's always worked this way in leftist authoritarian regimes, you get to do nothing. You don't work. You don't shop. You are not a part of society. And that is the end goal of this. That's why nothing in it makes any sense. For instance, to punish the unvaxxed and mark them publicly so everyone can see their shame, they'll have to wear masks. No mask? $13,000 violation after Karen turns you in. So this is a mark, just like an armband. Why are they doing that when the vaxxed spread it at the same rate? Why not mask the vaxxed too? It's what they do with N95s because the regular surgicals don't work. It's what they do if they cared about stopping the spread of COVID. But again, here's another contradiction. They don't. It's about bending the, the unvaccinated to their will. Why? Because they need to create a big system. See, here's what's coming in the next few weeks to months. An announcement that to help these poor corporations keep up with this mess, who's vaccinated, who's completed their test, and who's had their boosters, by gosh, they're going to need vaccine passports. They'll call them something else. Microsoft began developing them last January with several tech partners. They've actually been available since May. They track you everywhere you go, ostensibly for contact tracing purposes, but actually so they can track you, period. They'll announce that businesses need an easy system to track all this, a place, you know, where you can file your test results, but really a place for papers, for government permission. 
that's what they're getting to. But the Democrats aren't stupid. They watched the mess it made in Europe when they rolled these out. And they're doing it backwards. It's actually kind of brilliant. They're not starting with the vaccine passports at all. They're starting with the fines in the workplace. It's the opposite of how the system was implemented in Europe. But the, the fines themselves, they're almost identical dollar to dollar to the ones in France. So first they start with the fines and the necessity for vaccine passports. Then they go to the vaccine passports themselves, easing you into it one step at a time. Think people won't go for it? Remember this whole thing started with two weeks, just two weeks to stop the spread. That was all the shutdown we were ever going to have to do. The only thing we were ever going to have to do. How will it end? Oh, they'll go way beyond vaccine passports if we let them. I'm not predicting they'll get here. I'm just telling you where they're going. You can see bits and pieces of this system around the world. Eventually, like Australia, there'll be $5,000 per person fines. Think you're not going to pay it? They'll go into your bank account, just like Australia, or take your business license or both. In Australia, you can't travel more than 2.5 kilometers out of your home zone unless you're going to work or to shop. How do they enforce that? Well, the vaccine uh, app that they use there, the federal government uh, in Victoria and places like that, it's not the whole country, um, sends you a digital notice. You have to take a selfie. The selfie geolocates you. It'll tell the government if you are where you're supposed to be. They literally have the population, parts of it anyway, on a digital leash. They'll want to do that here, too. They're also going to eventually take this. And see, they've got to get you on the passports or whatever they end up calling them. It'll be some other uh, draconian 1984-style name. Once they can get you on the passports, they can go to the second part of this program, the one I warned you about in August, the travel restrictions. In fact, the Biden administration already told ABC News that it wants to mandate vaccines for interstate travel. That's what the article from August 13 said. The article, by the way, if you want to look it up, quote, Biden eyes tougher vaccine rules without provoking backlash. Here's what they wrote. Still, while more severe measures such as mandating vaccines for interstate travel have been discussed, the administration worried they would be too polarizing for the moment. That's not to say they won't implement them in the future as public opinion continues to shift toward requiring vaccinations as a means to restore normalcy. They're telling you where they're going. They've already got all this planned out. They're just waiting for the next outbreak, which inevitably will come. And it will come. There always is one, usually between four and six months after each round of vaccination. Why? Because the vaccine puts pressure on the virus and it mutates, causing a new variant. And off we go again. That variant, of course, escapes the vaccine and the caseload goes through the roof. You can practically plan the new variant outbreaks. And with each one, there'll be a new draconian crackdown, another part of the system. How bad could it get? I offer Lithuania as the ultimate model. They have vaccine passports there. There's a Lithuanian guy on my Twitter feed who describes what life is there like they're the best. Yep. They bar you from shopping at grocery stores. You can't buy clothes because you can't shop in clothing stores. You can't even go to the dentist without your vaccine passport. They are getting by buying food at farmers markets and other and from other open air sellers. 
And they are allowed to shop in a few convenience stores. That's it. That's all there is. They can't go to the library. They can't do anything. That is where they ultimately hope to get you. And yes, they will bar you from the grocery store if you let them. They will do all of this if you let them. And they will never get off your back again. But it doesn't have to be. Perhaps the Republicans will win in court. But if they don't, we have to resist. We have to resist early on because compliance will only beget more restrictions. Folks, this is happening in every country in the world. Finally, one observation about this. There's been just one country in the world that has cast off the vaccine passports, gotten rid of them. They still have mandates, but the passports are gone. That country is the UK. And why was that? Because they're a couple of rounds of vaccination ahead of us. And they discovered, and then it became widely known because the Guardian printed it, that the vaccines don't stop the spread. After the liberal elite lost the support of the Guardian, things tumbled quickly. Clearly, there was no need for vaccine passports. After the left-wing Guardian pointed it out, they eventually were forced to let them go. It's through education and scientific reality and rebellion that will cast this off. If we do not, we will never be free again. How do the world's elite plan for this to end? And yes, this is a worldwide program. They're implementing the same stuff in country after country, or at least trying to. How does it end? We got a good peak last week, remember, and I just want to remind you about it. It ends with the unvaccinated locked in facilities, imprisoned, treated as political dissidents, sent to the gulag. Now, I've seen people write this in comments and rolled my eyes. They won't do that. So I was astonished, as anybody, when the premier of Queensland, Australia, Anastasia Palazuk, actually said on Australian national television that they're building just such facilities. For who again? The unvaccinated. What about your hotel, your um, quarantine facility that you announced uh, that will be built, I think, what, in the middle of next year? Do you still need that? Um, I think regional quarantine facilities are going to be needed into the future. We can't predict what's going to happen, but there may be a country that's declared a a red spot or a a no-go zone area, and we may need to bring back people from those different countries, and they'll need to be charted in. It's no different to what we saw, uh, what we have seen during this pandemic. Uh, We'll also need it for unvaccinated people. But wait, you think. We're only on insane thing number two. What is more insane than everything I just told you? That would be insane thing number one this week. The arrest and charging of Igor Danchenko with five felony counts of lying to the FBI. The media used one of its most effective tricks when reporting the story. I'm going to blow the whole thing out on Monday in a bigger podcast. I'll just summarize it here. They told it in boring terms. This is one of the most effective ways the media lies. Denchenko, subsource, second source, other source, Russian, blah, blah, and your eyes glazed over. That's so you won't go read the indictment. Oh my gosh. What we learned this week was staggering. What we learned this week definitively is that the leaders of the CIA and the FBI used Igor Denchenko in a coup to take out Trump. What we learned definitively, and you can draw no other conclusion after reading the indictment, is that everything you were ever told about Russia collusion was a total unmitigated 
lie. The sole source for it, and this is clear in the indictment too, was not Russia, but the DNC, the Democrat Party, the FBI, and Hillary Clinton's campaign. They all work together. Think what that means. Think how just on you know my radio station alone, 106.3, here in South Carolina, during that two-year period, almost every weekday, there was a Russia collusion story on the air. We use uh, Fox News Radio for our national news reporting. It's not the same as Fox News TV. It's far more liberal. But just about every day there was a a story. And as you know, a story in the Wall Street Journal and in the New York Times, the Washington Post, and all of our major media outlets. Let me drive the scope of this home for you. Every damn last one, every story was a lie. All of it. Every bit of it, every interview you ever saw. And there were hundreds with former FBI directors, former FBI agents, with the head of the CIA, Brennan himself, with the head of the FBI, James Comey, and then Andrew McCabe themselves. All lies. One hundred percent. And we know that now because of what we know inside the Igor Denchenko indictment. And that is this. The horrifying fact that three days, three days after Trump was inaugurated in 2017, the FBI learned from the CIA that everything Danchenko had told them not only was a lie, but had come from Hillary's campaign and the DNC. It is the sole source of everything Russian. All of it was made up. This should have a profound psychological impact on you. It shows the very dimensions of fakeness that we live in. This was the biggest story for years. The Washington Post and the New York Times would win Pulitzers that have not yet been retracted and probably never will for covering a story that never was real. But it was our FBI and CIA that were the worst. Once you learn that they have known since three days after Trump's inauguration in 2017 that this thing was fake. Wow. Spend some time thinking about the implications of that one. Do you know what it means? That the coup involved former FBI head Robert Mueller, who never disclosed that during his entire investigation, FBI director James Comey, Former acting direct FBI director Andrew McCabe and, yes, our current, this is terrifying, FBI director Christopher Wray. Every one of them covered up these crimes. That's right. Because when you lie to the FBI, it's a crime. That's why Igor Denchenko is charged with five felonies. But unlike other folks in the Trump regime, think Paul Manafort, who went to prison for lying under oath, And Roger Simon, who was convicted and had his home raided on CNN by the FBI for lying under oath. The FBI covered up that crime. No, they did. They did worse. They used it to terrorize Trump. They used it to spy on Trump. They used it to force Trump through subpoenas to turn over over a million documents. They terrorized the Trump family. They terrorized everyone who worked for Trump. They accused so many of them of being connected to the Russians. In short, they covered up Danchenko's crimes and went after Trump. They even lied to the court about Danchenko. 
This hasn't been prosecuted yet. Yeah, they made him out to be a Russian intelligence operative living in Russia. He never was. He was actually Ukrainian-born and living in D.C. the whole time and working for the most or among the most liberal nonprofits there, the Brookings Institute. The FBI fooled the courts to get the ability to spy on Trump. This is nothing short of an attempted coup. And it can be assumed, if this is not fixed, that every future Republican president will be the victim of an attempted, or maybe this time successful, coup to remove him. But was their coup successful? When folks went to the polls to vote in 2020, just shy of 50% of the population thought Trump had colluded with Russia. But remember what Mueller ultimately found. No connections between Trump and Russia. Not even one. Now, remember what caused the launching of the Mueller investigation into Trump. The absolutely horrific sin of wanting to fire James Comey, who was investigating a crime both Comey and Trump knew never occurred. Heck, Russia collusion, had it actually happened, wouldn't have even been a crime. It's not illegal. We'll go deeper into all of this next week. It is the most shocking thing and the saddest for my country. This is the same agency, the FBI, that now has the power to terrorize innocent parents who question Democrat dogma at school board meetings. And we know what the fate of those parents will be. The same as Trump. Trumped up charges. Lies that are crimes. Framing. Libel. Slander. Annihilation of a person's public personage and maybe even prison. This is what they are capable of. They are terrifying. They are the FBI. And they are the greatest extremist threat facing this nation. A literal agency that embodies political persecution. I want to leave you with this reminder from Laura Trump on the terror that the Trump family was put through. Terror which we now know there was no basis for. They were totally, utterly, and completely innocent. And the FBI knew it the whole damn time. You lived through a hell of four years, much of which was encompassed with an investigation by Bob Mueller into your family. It was not easy. It was tough. It dragged your entire family through the mud and then onto Capitol Hill through the mud. Shouldn't Mueller and his team with unlimited resources, unlimited time, have found this guy? Well, Todd, you, you would think so. Um, you know, this whole thing, I'm, I'm happy to see somebody finally held to account here. Um, it, it's about time that people are starting to pay the price for, you're right, it, it put our entire family, our entire campaign, anybody that volunteered for the Trump campaign was all of a sudden a Russian agent, um, according to the mainstream media for so long. Think about the tens of millions of taxpayer dollars that were spent on this fake investigation, something that we all knew from the beginning and also scream from the rooftops. This is not true. We did not collude with anyone to win an election. So I'm, I'm happy to see some movement 
on this front. But I think the questions I have are what about the people like Jerry Nadler, like Adam Schiff, that were happy to jump on camera anytime somebody put it in front of them and say, we have the smoking gun. We're going to take Donald Trump and his family down. We have it all. What about them? When do we get to hear from these guys? What did they know? What information did they have? And when did they get their day? Do we get the tens of millions of taxpayer dollars back? Ultimately, do we get two years of, of our, our lives as Americans back for this? And then what about the people at the very top? What about the Clinton campaign? What about the DNC? What about Hillary Clinton herself? Are these people ever going to face a day where they have to answer questions for the incredibly un-American way they tried to sway an election? Fortunately, it did not work out, but all of us got dragged through the mud. Todd, as you just said, all of us in our family got put through absolute hell over this. Um, but we deserve some answers as Americans, and I hope at the end of the day, we get to the bottom of this and we hear from those people, too. Battleground America with Tara Servatius. Please subscribe on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Share with friends, family, and other free thinkers. Thanks for listening.